Uh, at the record shop called uh, Mental Group 
Love and you know after that one I worked at another record shop which is called uh, Retro Music so basically my whole background was like you know vinyls and the music I used to listen to a lot back then it was jazz but then after a while you know we were introduced to house music we used to call it international at that time you know so I listened to you know you know your black box your 10 CD you know we all come from that you know that was the, the house music we, we, we knew back then you know your Jomanda all of that you know yeah man I, I get that bro that's fantastic so uh, what is that one thing that made you get into music oh uh, man it, it's just the, 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 the love of it you know the sound you know I mean growing up in a household where you know you see people that are very passionate about music you know it, it kind of like rubs off on you and you, you also start loving it so much I mean you know for me to be in charge of so many you, you know people's records you know it, it was only a matter of time that I would also you know start collecting my own as well you know but as well I think around the time as well that's when you know house music was really starting to pick up on radio mm. you know what I mean I mean uh, the time I started playing it, it was when radio station was starting to play uh, house music that was really played in clubs mm. you know what I mean so you know the, the music that we were listening on radio it was the music that was played in clubs okay. so yeah so it, it was that time and you know everybody was radio was starting to be popular again you know what I'm saying and everybody was listening to that we all you know had our cassettes and we were recording on on radio what was being played you know yeah. and that's how i really got got into it yeah all right man so uh you, you mentioned that you actually started collecting music from the age of 12 so what i want to know is even from that age were you listening from the producer's ear or from the audience ear like when you listen to somebody's song you'll be like i feel like i can do something on this song or that just developed as you grew up I think it, 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 it was it, everything I do with, with music, I always break it into pieces. So whenever I listen to a record, you know, everything, you know, how it is produced, how it came about and who's behind what, I always try and, and, and get deep into it, you know. So even from back then, you know, like um, I remember there was um, a record that, you know, my, my mom and my aunt uncle used to fight about you know and um, I think it was Miriam Makeba and Delafante. I think it was also banned it wasn't supposed to be played you know yeah, yeah. and you know the, the way they used to, to, to move it around it isn't like this is my record and this is my <laughs> record and I used to think this is mine as well you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so the history behind it you know I always get back into the music like I break it down and everything I need to know everything about it you know so that's that's how the love of also you know um you know working in record shop because i wanted to know how does these records get here you know what i mean yeah. how does this music get here so i was i fell in love with with the record stores you know yeah. i mean i think around there i was still at school you know i mean i played at the at one of the radio stations while i was still at school wearing my school uniform you know going and i won a battle 
you know, it's just that maybe I won't be able to mention the radio station, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won a, a battle and I was on a white bag while I was still, you know, in my school uniform, you know. And I remember one of the most interesting things is that, you know, I used to save up, I think records were like uh, 55 rand around that time. So uh, my parents used to give me money to actually, you know, I to, to catch taxi to go to school. So you and went to school? No, no, no. I would say I would catch a train. I would catch a train because it was cheaper, you know. So I would catch a train and save up that money so that when Friday comes after school, I've got at least like 55 rand and then I can go to a record shop to go buy a record. And which it was, it was really crazy because I would walk into this record shop and I'm wearing my school uniform and, you know, I would find your DJ Tanyanis, your DJ so-and-so in there, you know, and they all come in there to buy, you know, a big, you know, big pile of records. And I've only got like 55 rand just for that <laughs> one, one record, you know? Yeah. But I promise you this, when I walk out of the shop, I'm going to walk out with one of the best records, you know what I mean? So I would take my time, you know, I would make sure that I spend it, you know, that 55 rand or whatever the price was, I think it was 50 or 50, yeah. yeah. But I would get the best record, you know? And that's, that's actually what happened. And then I went to this other uh, mental group and because I didn't have money at that time and I was buying, you know, records with small money. So I used to go, they had a sale bin uh, that, that they had there. And I used to go and buy the music that was on sale, you know, your 20 rand, your 30 rand records, you know. And the guy that was behind the counter, he said to me, the one, he was like, man, you always go to the sales bin and you pull out the best records, yeah. you know. How do you do Don't you want to come working? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It was like, don't you want to come work here? Mm. I was like, I would love to work here, you know? Yeah. So it's something that started, that I started doing it on the weekends. And that's where the, like my knowledge, that's where, I, yeah. you know, our music started really, really, I'm start, started getting interested in it, you know, how vinyls come about and how they get here, you know, started learning the labels, you know, started ordering. And back in the day, there was like, we didn't order on the, on the net how we used to do it we used to listen to, to a record on the phone mm. you know you would speak to a guy in the UK and he would play you know the record over the phone and he used to listen on the phone and order and you had to get the quantities right and you used, you, you need to make sure that whatever you're bringing you're going to be able to sell it you know exactly. well yeah man so yeah that's that, that's the whole story right there right, man, that's, that's very yeah. commendable it shows that you've been dedicated from a very young age I mean like if you can uh choose to take a train instead of a taxi so that you yeah. can save money to buy a record that shows uh, dedication bro yeah definitely no I mean that's, that's the one thing about music if you you don't really give it your all you know it, it, it'll, it'll show exactly. you know what I mean so yeah. uh, when you got into this music industry who are some of the artists that inspires you uh, there was there was a lot of artists that inspired me, you know, uh, especially locally. But you know, I knew most of them. I 
still know most of them because I was selling records to them. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it was like, you know, I know these guys. Like I, was, I would sell all the DJs from you, DJ Freshers, everybody used to come and buy records from my record store, you know. So I was inspired by them. But also I wasn't really, I didn't really want to be, you know, a club DJ or, or you know, I just loved being a bedroom DJ, you know what I mean? So for me, it was just collecting music and playing, not playing to, to a crowd. And I remember the one time one of the guys actually walked into the record shop and I was just mixing behind the counter you know and he said to me hey man you know you need to come and actually check out the you know this club in town and you know I'm sure you would love it you know and that's how it came about and then I started going there and then I loved it I played my first set and people loved it I was like okay maybe I can do clubs you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah and that's how <laughs> that's dope man so how would you describe the sound that you play well, I've always, you know, I've always been an uh, underground DJ. Um, you know, I love my deep house, you know, but music is music at the end of the day. You know, I would play, you know, from your soulful house, I would play your jazz, I would play, you know, your broken beats, but hardcore, hardcore, everything that I play, it has to be very, you know, underground. And I really don't do well when it comes to, you know, your, your commercial sound, uh, you know, your cheesy sound, if you might call it. But I'm more into you know your underground. So yeah, you, yeah. the deep house. That's that's one thing. I, and I, I like playing what you know a lot of people don't play. You know, it's oh, always yeah. been. I think it also started when I was working in a record shop because I always wanted to collect something totally different from what I'm I'm selling. You know what I mean? So I always wanted to surprise people. I, I want people, you know, to be like, what's this? You know, every time I play. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. If, if we get it right here on the afterbeat, what the sound that you play is what we call Zamahrotman. You can call it that, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, so, man, yeah. I, I read somewhere that you've been rocking the dance floors as a DJ since 1997. So, yep. you just told me about the first time you went to the club to play. So, how was the audience, like, how did they receive your set? Well, it, it, was, it was amazing, um, you know, because... Um, it was a club at that time that actually, you know, united people, you know. I was nervous, I was nervous. Yeah. And at that time we were still playing vinyls, you know, CDs and, you know, your USBs weren't really in, you know. So I remember stepping up on the stage and this club, but what I did, you know, as something that, you know, I, I, I used to do when I started playing yeah. is to go and check out the place first, you know, oh, yeah. and just to get the feel of the place you know which is it's a lot of a mistake that i feel a lot of uh, artists tend to you know don't really do you know you need to get to know so i went there a couple of times just to get the feel and see what the club is all about you know and it gives you you know that idea that oh this track can work there this track is not gonna work there you know what i mean but i was nervous because you know it was it's an, it was an amazing yeah first time an amazing club and i wanted to to rocket you know and i did you know first track i think the first track i played it was just you know um 
I think it was a saxophone playing or something like that and people went mad you know and th- that's it once you, you you hook them on your first three tracks then you've got it you, you've got it you know it's just you, it's just you need to to be one with them and that's it hey, you that's, know that's fantastic bro so uh you were recently featured on the mix magne in the lab yes. uh in johannesburg yes tell me yes. how you go about preparing for such a fire set you know uh to be honest with you sets you shouldn't really prepare for them because uh everything changes you know once you get there you know um you don't know what kind of uh, uh the mood people are going to be in you know what i mean anything can change you don't know you know how the sound is set up you know all of those things they play a very important role you know what i mean yeah. uh there's music you know i didn't even know i haven't been to the venue so i didn't know how big the venue was you know how everything was set up so you know you kind of like you listen to the music you think you're gonna play yeah. you know but then when you get there everything changes you know what i mean oh, yeah. so everything changes because it's a different feel these people it's a different crowd you know you, you you don't know what crowd you're gonna get there and the feeling it has to have to do with the feeling being there at that time and then you deliver right, you know so that's yeah. awesome, bro. Um, yeah you were also a resident dj on the food boy paul's show on yfm as well mm-hmm. as A&R at Soul Candy Records. Yes. How has your musical journey changed after that? Uh, you know, from from playing radio, um, I actually uh, moved into you know uh, getting. That's when the CDs were, were starting to come out, the compilations. You know, that's when the compilation was starting to to happen. Uh, and then I wanted to know more how to compile CDs and all of that. And to do that, that's when also the records were starting to slow down as well. You know, so I I moved into. Uh, it was actually share first i went to share house first and uh if you remember share was partnering up with um with so candy yeah, uh yes so i was the link between the two you know between share and so candy and when share closed down i decided to move into so candy oh. and there this where yes that's where i learned quite a lot then about you know the whole nr and also you know artists you know because i used to be the one that's collecting all the demos from artists you know what i'm saying and i used to be the one that collects the music and you know all the music you used to lend you know on my hands and i used to be the one that say okay this track is going to be big this track is going to be you know what i'm saying oh, so yeah. hence that's how yeah hence you say it's been the plug exactly yeah, i've yeah. always been yes yeah. you know i've always been yeah, yeah. so you have uh, taught around the world uh playing at international events in russia uh switzerland berlin and the united kingdom so tell yeah. me about the first time you played on international soil like how was the experience wow man it was it, it was amazing yeah. you, you know th- that whole thing of just traveling you know overseas and taking your music you know to 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 a different place it's just it, it, it's amazing that feeling you know that you can get into a different you know place and just rock it and everybody just loves your music it's amazing it's amazing the, the traveling all of that it's just you know you just want to do it more you know i i always say to people when i 
talk to to people i'm like you know whenever you get onto a plane there's this thing that hits you that you want to travel you know what i'm saying so it's the same feeling if you can rock a crowd yeah. overseas you just want to do it more and more you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, so, yeah. Um, you have also played at big festivals like ultra festival uh, rocking the daisies festival and milli pop festival within south africa just to name it yes. so what yeah. i want to know is how does it feel for an underground uh, underground dj uh, to be playing at such big events it's amazing it's you know uh there's there's a big difference between you know playing your small uh clubs playing your pubs and playing festivals you know because that's another thing that i always you know speak to my artists about that the music there tends to be different you know i always tell people that you need to you know when you walk into into an event or into a place everything counts you know how the lights are set up how you know the sound the sounds you know it's very important there, there are tricks you cannot play you know or, uh, at a festival you know you can play them but maybe they won't you know uh, rock as much as if you were playing them in a small little park yeah. you know what i'm saying those are things you need to 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 always take note of so for me you know being able to play both it, it's magical you know for me I, i really love it and festivals are always fine you know what i mean that's, yeah that's dope man yeah. so um i understand that you are a record label owner yes uh, actually yeah. yeah how is it going in that field uh well it's it, it's a struggle <laughs> it's a struggle <laughs> but it's fine it's yeah. fine you know yeah. because i've always you know wanted to 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 own one and now i'm actually running three of them you know what i'm saying yeah. so it, it's fine man you know you're finding new talent you know and actually you know making artists you know make it and collecting all the music and especially around this time you know i mean south african music is on another level as we speak you know yeah. and uh the artists that are out there they're just amazing you know we, we have so much talent at the moment it's like if anybody should be listening to south, to south african music this is the time you know yeah, yeah. so I'm, i'm really loving it and i'm enjoying it and you know it, it also keeps me on my toe because on my toes because it's always new talent coming in you know what i'm saying and there's people that depend on you so yeah yes yes you know yeah but at the end of the day it, it, it's all about you know building that family it's all about you know just you know people that love music coming together and we sharing ideas and we taking this music and we putting it out there and throwing it to the world you know what i'm saying so yeah. uh, are your record levels limited to only deep house or house or you can sign uh, any artist with uh, that's doing like any genre well we do your soulful house we do your deep house the dark house you know to funky and then we do like a lot of chilled uh lounge uh broken beats if you want to call it oh, yeah. that kind of uh you know what i'm saying i think we you have to you know if you're gonna write a record label you gotta run it properly and do it with the music that you understand oh, you know what i mean that's true. yeah it's not gonna help me signing a, a hip-hop artist yeah. where you know i do listen to it and i love it but you know it's a different ball game to put it to put a hip-hop artist out there and actually manage them and make sure that you know the music has been heard you know what i'm saying yeah, but I, because this is the kind of music i understand and i you know i grew up with it and i've been you know 
listening to it and playing it for such a long time, you know, it's it's easier for me to actually manage it. I, that's that's understandable, bro. So, yeah, man. what are you currently working on, and what's next for Tulani the Warrior? Um, at the moment, uh, I'm actually, you know, uh, working on a couple of uh, projects, mm. um, compilations, and there's new artists that, you know, that are coming up now that, you know, we've just signed on the label as well. Yeah. Um, you know, that we are really trying to connect them to the world as well. There's a lot of projects that are actually happening. Mm. Um, yeah, that's basically what I'm working on. It's just focusing on the artists and, you know, just growing the label and I'm actually planning well I took a break for like a, um, I think it's a, a year now you know mm-hmm. just chilling taking it easy you know when COVID hit you know for me it was like you know a, a time to actually you know take it easy and relax and you know think about you know w- you know where did I why did I start this and when you know go back to where it all started yeah, you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. so it was like one of those things so now I'm actually you know working again starting to push quite a few projects and uh, a couple of tours planned as well there's quite a lot that you know I don't really want to put out there and jinx it (laughs) you know what I'm saying but I've been you know for this whole year I haven't been just sitting you know I've been really really working hard and now it's really time to put all that out there you know that's great bro Uh, is there there anything that you want to add that you feel like maybe we haven't spoken about um, I think we covered most of, most of the stuff, you know, but, you know, one of the things I can actually add is that we do work a lot with a lot of international, you know, artists as well. Yeah. Uh, my whole, you know, dream is to close the gap between, you know, the local scene and the international scene. You know, I would love to see this genre of music, you know, that we, we're putting out there, making the charts, you know what I mean? You know, I would love to see more artists touring the world and learning you know from the international guys vice versa the guys from overseas learning from our guys you know what I'm saying so that's what I usually do is try to connect our local guys with the international guys you know and you know, I feel that we shouldn't think, you know, only South African music, you know, music should be global, everybody should be, you know, we need our music to be played out there, our music to be charted out there. You know, imagine you just rocking up, you know, in London and then you hear one of our tracks on the radio play, you know, yeah. that's the kind of thing. Because here in South Africa, we have people that are running every single day selling international music. Why can't we have the same overseas? where we have people that are are running every single day making sure that our music is playlisted on radio this and that and all of that you know that's my that's one of my biggest dreams is to close that gap you know so far i think we are doing it i mean we throw parties as well where we bring international guys here you know i would love to see the same happening to our guys going that side you know that's that's fantastic man because like you mentioned that you are the plug so now (laughs) you are plugging south african music to the global market so that's dope definitely man that's what I would love to see man yeah you know right, man. Uh, to learn in the world bro, thank you for taking time to speak to us here on the Afterbeat it is an honor for me to be talking to a legend man like real means a lot oh man thank, thank, thank you for having me bro it was like really really I felt like you know we should be sitting on the couch and actually talking yeah. about this you know I feel like <laughs> there's so much more you know I could share because yeah. I don't really really do interviews but whenever I do one you know I would love to share the knowledge 
that I have, you know, and give it out there, you know, to people, you know, help our youth. I mean, this is the time, you know, the music that's coming out now, it's coming from all our youngsters and we need to let them know and give them the knowledge of, you know, what we've been doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. Pull it in the Thank you. Sit down in the couch and have a conversation, you know. So bring that coffee, bro, and we <laughs> will do it. Coffee, couch, let's do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, thank you, man. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best for the future, my chief. The same to you, my brother, and thanks for having me, yeah? Away, away. Uh, there you Stay have it, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Hope Tops. This is the After Beat. I'll be back again next week to do the same thing good, if not better. Peace. And demonstration.